Yeah, what you are about to hear is a work of fan fiction. All characters and events and settings, even those based on the ones from World of Warcraft, are entirely fictional, and half of it was probably made up on the spot. Listening to this production indicates your consent to its terms of service, which we forgot to write down. Last time, our heroes returned to Booty Bay and finally got a good night's sleep. Butch heard a disembodied voice ringing in his ears as he bedded down. Is this the blood magic of Zulgarub, or is there something else at play? Was Ari able to convince Dwellath to set aside his anger toward Fulcus? Let's see what we can find out as we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. You still there? I said, are you still watching me? You still in my head? Oh, I figured as much. This is one-way communication. You might be... Or you might just not be strong enough to hear what I say to you. You want to screw around with me getting talking all up in my head. That's all right. I didn't want to talk to you anyway. But I'll ask you. I got one question for you. If a bear poops in the jungle, does Jindo smell it? You say all this out loud. And you're met with silence. Uh, there is no response. You do intuit and you actually said so a little bit in the monologue, that the kind of communication that was imposed here as you bedded down and started to fall asleep last night felt kind of similar to when Falkus has cast the message spell on you. Uh, It's good for a call and response, and then it ends. So as you say all these things, hoping for a response or hoping not to get a response... You're met with silence. Well, that's fine. So, um, th- was this? I sure can't believe that we did all that. So we didn't go to the armory y- yesterday, or I, I in my head, I, I thought we had dropped our, our stuff. You off. did. Yeah. yeah, you did okay. do that. Yeah. Okay. 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 So we didn't just. Yeah, but I do recall. Um, no, Butch did go to bed real early. He was snoring before, bef- before y'all were even. You know, before the sun was down, you know, he went to bed real early. So he got got up in kind. Um, got up. Uh, the sun is barely peeking up. You know, um, there's a little bit of rustling around happening in Booty Bay, but most people aren't up yet. So um, just like I attempted to tell him, I... I uh, go into the woods and continue with my um, morning constitutional. Afterwards, I gather up some herbs and, you know, root around for some wild root veggies or, you know, kind of some jungle spinach and stuff like that, wild berries. I I know what's good, you know, and what what, sure, what you can sure. eat and this kind of stuff. I go in, go back to the inn, and I wake up Cookie. And uh, he ain't too happy about it, because it's not time for him to be making breakfast quite yet. But um, he, you know, I ask him for a, a couple, some supplies, okay? And um, I, st- I start cooking. Now, by okay. the time I'm done with that... Um, he would say, hey, 
Listen, man, if you, if you want to use the kitchen, you go right ahead. But, like, what kind of supplies are you asking about? Oh, it ain't nothing. Nothing weird. Um, it's just uh, based mostly meat is what I need for him. Yeah, that might be a problem. What kind of meat are you looking for? He's kind of bleary-eyed. He's rubbing the sleep out of his eyes. Well, whatever you make your sausage out of. Yeah, we ain't got that. You, well, what do you serve in the morning? Normally... <clears throat> yeah, you know, normally we we got fresh fruits, vegetables. Normally we got fresh meats. Normally we got fresh fish. At this point, we got fresh fish. Maybe a little bit of the veggies that ain't gone bad yet, but anything that's like your beef, your pork, your your bacons, your sausages, on your your breakfast meats, we ain't got none of that. We ain't got no fresh fruit neither. You know what? I think I think fish will be fine. Thank you. Want right. me to just grab it myself? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's down there in the cold box. You know, it's hard to miss. You can't can't miss it. Yeah, I ain't gonna. T- I don't need much anyway. It's All fine. Right. Call me if you need anything. I'll see you in a little while. Yeah, you bet. And I do. I do use the kitchen. It doesn't take me long. And then things are starting to. Uh, and and then I, you know, put that store whatever I did, you know, back in my. What's it? And then uh, in the room. Then I go to the armor as it's kind of like unlocking the door. And I ask him for a couple of minor t- tweaks uh, and pay a full gold. That's a lot of money. Because I want it finished this morning. We're talking minor tweaks. N- nothing nothing that requires an anvil. or <clears throat> It's all cosmetic. Sure. So, he, is, um, he is awake. Yeah, you didn't inter- you didn't like rouse him from bed. He's been up working on this, so he hasn't mm. slept yet. Oh wow! Yeah, you walk in and he's like, he's 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 actively working on your armor. He sees you come in. Hey man, yeah, come on in, come on. In. I, I want to show you what I did. And he starts showing you what he's been working on. And then you yeah. start talking about your cosmetic tweaks. What do you want this to look like? Well, I I give him a few things. And I'll describe it, the whole thing, uh, to y'all, you know, later on. But I give him a few knickknacks that I've acquired from here and there. Everything is something that's on me. One thing is something I had to ask my ogre friend to give back to me. But um, I just, uh, and, and I definitely, I hand him my axe as well. And I just want him to, to make it, you know, Add my trinkets to the axe and to the armor. Yeah, Co- yeah, that's easy to work in. That'll take a couple of minutes. That's not going to be hard at all. Well, you know, I, I figure the axe thing, it, it does need to be, I don't want anything to fall off, but, you know, but the, the, the tweak to the, to the chest piece is teeny tiny. <laughs> Won't take that, that will take less than five minutes, but, you know, I w- would expect, um, just, you know, adding, a cosmetic piece to a axe, you know, in a sturdy way, you know, but I do, I do hope to get it this morning. Yeah, actually it's almost done. Aside from these little, you know, this little extra little flare you want me to put on it. That'll take another couple of minutes, obviously. But other than that, it's put together. Problem is you did leave your brand here and you told me that you wanted it to be, um, how do you want that lean out? I haven't done that yet. And actually, you know what? I got a fun idea. What do you say? Do you want to put the finishing touch on that? Do you want to do the branding yourself? Would that be Would that be all right? Yes, sir. I sure would like to do that. You just made that, me a happy panda. I figured you might like that. Here, check it out. He fires up. He's got like a little personal stove. He's got the brand sitting on it to get heat. He you know, sets everything up, starts to get it all heated up, and he lays out the armor in front of you. Looks really, really nice. It's got, it's obviously your same breastplate. Like he didn't, re, he didn't build a whole new piece of armor for you. Mm-hmm. But as he applied the uh, the hides from the thunder lizard that you helped to slay, the the patterning is a little bit asymmetrical, but it's done that way, like deliberately. It's a little bit artistic. It's got like a you know personalization to it. It's very unique looking. There's a mm-hmm. section that's somewhat bare on the probably what do you think upper left breast area where the branding could go or how did you how did you envision placing right the in the middle of the chest 
Oh, dead right, center? Dead center. Dead center. All right. Yeah. Chest. Okay. Yeah. So then it's nice and smooth in that one space because you had pointed that out yesterday. Like, this is where I want it to, and I want it, you know, it starts to get heated up. He, he lays it down. He goes to pass you the brand, obviously very carefully because it's hot on one end. Mm-hmm. And then he says, um, this is a really unique material. So it's going to be a little tough to get the brand to sear because it's it's like I'm having a, like even to sew it in place. Like I was having a hard time piercing the it's like it's just it's 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 t- it's a tough material. Well, so just that's, don't be that's afraid to lean on it. it. OK, OK. So so uh, not not. We're not just doing this like we're we're we're, we're branding some food or or anything. I I really gotta I I'm gonna lean on it. Yeah, just you know, don't be don't be ginger about it. Like put put your back into it. Like don't be don't be afraid to lean on it. All right then. And I um, accept the uh, gingerly, you know, kind of accept the 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 brand. And I put dead center right in the middle of it. And I went ahead and put my, you know, kind of strength in it. I'm, I know this uh, breastplate's gonna do me some real good now. And I've been waiting for this. I'm pre- pressing down on it right now. The instant that the brand hits, it feels, it feels like a like a tough material. Like it's a little tougher than the food that you've branded previously and that sort of thing. But it takes, and you're like, all right, fine. And then as you press, you see that the scales uh, of the, the 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 sort of almost dinosaur-esque hide that you had taken seem to shimmer slightly oh. and compress. And suddenly there's more resistance to where you're like having to really like push to sort of get the, the burn to stick. And as you're pressing and as you're pressing, it goes... And it starts to flash with little tiny bolts of electricity, and the uh, the goblin armorer is like, uh, you, you, uh, you, "You're doing all right. Don't uh, keep it up. Just be careful about it." As you press in, a large like lightning strike shoots off of the armor in your direction. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw for me with advantage because you're a barbarian. Twenty one. Okay, 21 is more than enough. You lean out of the way and let the lightning bolt fly like past your head and it impacts against the wall. And then you finish pressing into the the brand and pull back. And there's this beautiful circular uh, image of with the with the bee in the middle of it. It is a, it's a, it's a, it's the big B brand, right? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not misremembering. Okay. It's a B. Yeah. Um, this really, really nice looking pattern that is scarred onto the leather. And as you pull back, the material seems to relax slightly. Like the, 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 the tightening that it had done is finished and it, it leans back again into being a little bit more of a flexible pattern. Well, sir, you have outdone yourself. <laughs> that um, wasn't all me. That was a lot of what you brought was why it works this way. But hey, man, it's happy to be of service. Listen, we're going to take care of them extra couple of little flares for you. And then I'm going to hit the sack because it's been a long night. Uh, you know what? I, I I was giving you an extra gold anyway, but you know what? Here's one more. Heck, <laughs> just just you just blown it away. You've just blown this away. I can't. thank you, sir. You are uh, you're very welcome. He he finishes the last piece of flares for you, and then you can take your armor back. It is a thunder lizard breastplate. You can go ahead and add that to your inventory <laughs> yes. and equip it. Let me just... Is this a homebrew thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is a, so butch, this is a butch kind of spear special. <laughs> let's go see what this is. Thunder Lizard Breastplate. Let me just add this real quick. And let's also see if I can... Okay, it says plus one to AC while wearing this armor. So um, it, I'm going to go up to 17 armor class. That's awesome. You gain the thunderclap cantrip. 
<laughs> no warrior special. Oh, wow. Um, when you take damage from an attack, you may use your reaction activate. To, uh, your reaction to activate the Kodo scales woven into your armor, granting you additional protection. The enhanced defenses that the armor provides provides one one minute. Okay, so when I take damage, I can use a reaction to to activate additional protection. So okay, so I'll have to figure out what that that is. And um, while the Kodo scales are activated, your armor class is, is increased by one. So is it already a plus one, and then it increases to one? It's always a plus one. So it's okay. it's a it, whatever your your breastplate put you at sixteen, I think, right? Yes. So now it's a seventeen all the time. When it's activated, it's eighteen for one minute. That's great. If you are hit by an attack during this activation time, you may use your reaction to deal one d10 lightning damage to the attacker if they fail a deck save. This damage can be dealt as part of the reaction used to activate the armor. Yeah, including in that, too, if you read back, it actually says um, that the armor uh, class is increased by one, including on the activation. So for that attack that activated, that you did your reaction on to activate the armor, you got that extra, extra, extra plus one. Yeah, it'll it'll operate similarly to the shield spell, which is where... If you get hit, like if your armor class is exactly 17 and they roll exactly a 17, that is a hit. But you can use your reaction to activate the Kodo scales that puts you at 18. That would cause that 17 attack to have been a miss. And then as part of the as part of the reaction that you use to activate the armor to get that extra defensive bonus, you can uh-huh. also throw lightning at people. And I get the cantrip. Yeah, you get the cantrip all the time. Oh my gosh. I'll tell you, I just um, equipped this, and it did not put me to 17. That's interesting. Yeah, it's definitely... Oh, oh it's not, not attuned. Let me attune. It's You have to attune to it. That's fine. And now I'm 17, and you put, like, charges on it. That's that's cool. I'm going to... Now I can click on it and display it so y'all can read it. How many things am I attuned to now? I think this will be your third item. It's this, your skull cap, and the axe. Where's attunement? I saw yes, yes, it's three things, uh, which is the maximum. Um, I don't know. Do you get more attunement slots as you level only up? Only if you're an only if you're an artificer. That's the only class in the game that gets extra attunement slots. Okay. Well, uh, I've had a pretty good day, and. Uh, I'm just going to head back to the the inn and, you know, go, go back to my room and fiddle around and get dressed and ready. All right. Uh, as Butch returns with his brand spank and new armor and either has already started to cook breakfast or is has gathered the supplies and is going to start cooking breakfast when he returns. I forget exactly how you landed on that. Well, I I I did use the, the, the kitchen already. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. Falkus and Ari would probably be starting to wake up right around now. Who wants to take next? Apologies in the background. It sounds like the uh, the landlord might be running the, the, the lawnmower. I don't know if Ari would have much. Um, I think she'd still be kind of pondering her conversation with Wel- Wellrath last night um, and knowing that she has to look at doing some minor improvements to her costumes and gear and stuff um but at this point i think everyone has knows she's human and it hasn't really been addressed so we're just going to kind of risk keeping going with that as we have a common threat okay do you have any is there anything that you in particular that you're looking to, to accomplish this morning or is it just like prep for the day just prep for the day yeah i didn't really have anything here that was dropped off for me to look at so yeah mine's just kind of prep for the day type stuff okay Falcus, as you start to get out of bed, you are sore like Butch was, but yours also comes with a little bit of a stiff neck and some minor joint pain. You're still running that one level of exhaustion. You're still going to have a little bit of a hard time today, but you, you know, 
give yourself a little agility test. You feel like you've got your speed back, which is great. And you've been, you know, you've been sleeping off your wounds and whatnot. So you're feeling pretty good, relatively speaking. What would you like to do this morning? It's all a very good question. I mean, so much has happened in the last 24 hours to try to digest that and figure out what to do. Like, not even thinking we got back into town and we did go see... To go see an engineer, right? And I got myself uh, some plans for a hunter's trap, which I'm going to be uh, looking at at some point in time to start to pick apart and kind of figure out how I can use this to my best of abilities um, or even to use it outside of its current uh, set abilities. I think prior to us leaving town, I do want to visit the fireworks shop again. I got to restock some things like fireworks. <laughs> um, actually, I, I look back and I don't have any ball bearings anymore and, and things of that nature that I'd like to restock again at some point. But I would like to sit down and have some personal time with the arrows, the cataclysm arrows, and really start to, knowing that they're enchanted, I really want to feel out their enchantment, if that makes sense. Like, I, I kind of really. I mean, I'm an arcane archer. I should kind of understand the magic somewhat that's that's infused in these arrows and learn more about them. And maybe there's something I can do down the line to either learn to infuse my own arrows later, um, whether it be through enchanting or if I have my own innate, you know, magical ability to do something with them. I think it would be neat to have that. On top of, of course, you know, engineering some other fun Hawkeye-ish arrows, which would be pretty neat. Okay, so you lay them out on the table in front of you and you start to examine them. You see that you know, their nature has been described to you by Ari and you're starting to see like, oh yeah, no, I see how you know they have you know, this effect that suddenly changes into this other effect and it seems to have this sort of almost uh, randomness to them where when fired, there is an effect and it's going to be hard to predict that effect. But you're right. As a high elf, you are innately in tune with some principles of arcane study, as well as you do sh- you do shoot magical arrows when it comes time to in- like. But th- that practice and the way that you were taught to do it is very spontaneous and very in the moment. So you draw an arrow and put magic into it from yourself as you fire it. It's a very different practice from using a magical ammunition or by using like trying to use that same power in advance. It's not something you ever tried to do before. Go ahead and roll an arcana check with disadvantage because of your exhaustion. The disadvantage roll is a 12. Okay. On a 12 you you, you study the arrows for a moment. And you feel out what it's like to draw an arrow from a quiver and enchant it as you're firing it. You don't actually fire it and you don't actually finish the enchantment, but like you're you're practicing that muscle memory of like, okay, this is what happens when I pull and this is what happens when I shoot. This is how it feels. This is the feeling I'm going for. This is what I'm trying to replicate. And you try to isolate that moment where the actual transition of magic happens from you to the ammunition and you get a sense that the way that you apply it is very temporary so you isolate that as being the underlying roadblock in this advancement you give it some time but again you're a little distracted because your neck is kind of stiff and you're still shaking off the effects from yesterday you're not able to perfect the process of trans of, of transforming an arrow from your quiver into something similar to the cataclysm arrow. You are able to identify that it might be possible to store one of your arcane shots in an arrow for later use, similar to how an enchanted arrow or a plus one arrow or something like that might store an enchantment for a long period of time. But you're not quite there as far as actually nailing the application of this. You've made progress on it, but you're not, it's not quite worked out yet. You feel like it's there. It's, you feel like it's in your future though. You may be able to, you may be able to figure this out sometime soon. Very cool. At this point, 
Ari and Falkus. There's something... Snapper and Potatoes? Why Snapper? That's okay. Butch is really more of a pork kind of a person, but all right. Maybe some... Be- Somebody's cooking something. Ooh, I am famished. I am heading downstairs and following my nose. Same. But you see Falkus and Ari start to come down into the, the main eating area where you're just the cook today. Am I? Apparently. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. You cooked earlier. You cooked earlier. I, um, yeah. I keep I keep mistiming the... Because I, I woke up early because I went right, to bed right. super early. No, then in that case, all that happens. And when they come down, they see the goblin who normally is cooking and he's cooking fish. Butch is sitting out with a plate or two or three uh, yeah. and is just admiring his new armor and he's you know, playing with the little trinkets that hang off of his axes and just enjoying himself some breakfast. Okay. So then I say, oh, well, good morning. And I scoot my chair back. Stand up nice and tall. Um, and I'm wearing my brand new breastplate that like shimmers and they'll see the sparks later on. I've uh, made sure to uh, clean up my pirate coat and to, uh, you know, get my uh, pirate hat on over my skull cap of of whatever that I've got. (laughs) So from top to bottom, I've got an orange kind of red pirate hat. And then my uh, coat, my pirate coat is purple and it's got the, I forget the word. Maybe it starts with a P, but the, but the things on the, on the shoulders that say that you're a captain. Epaulets? Yes. Oh. No, that. Yeah. Yeah. The epaulets. Yes. And, and, you know, they're all pretty. I've uh, taken time to clean all the jungle poison off me. You can still see my suspenders that I always had, you know, and it's um, over top the breastplate, but underneath the coat. I got my old jeans on. When I started this adventure, all I had was, you know, my my jeans and suspenders, and you just saw my belly, you know. Um, and now I got a nice coat on and a breastplate. On my feet, I got the boots, and I got all the mud off of them. And right right now, they are leaving troll tracks, and that's how they're going to stay until, you know, otherwise stated. But it's not that I'm leaving tracks, but that just lets you know. Well, on my breastplate that I had asked for back from the ogres is my talisman from the arena that I paid so much money for uh, for good luck, knowing full well that it's it has no magic whatsoever. And then I uh, reach behind me and take out the uh, battle axe of bloodlust that used to make Falcus act so weird. And on it's the same axe, but on top of it, there's the tusk that I took from the uh, first priest that that we slayed the kind of was he a death knight or a vampire you know the first priest that we slayed and on the bottom the one in, the one in Zukunda was a vampire the one down in the plunder isle was a death knight yeah oh thank you uh, it was Zukunda no no it was it was Zukunda that I took the tusk from and at the bottom I've actually applied <laughs> applied a piece of wood made like carved off into like a stake in case I ever need to stab someone in the heart with it. And if you want to know what that looks like, I've oh, got a picture. Sh- shoot. <laughs> what? That is awesome. That, that I will put <laughs> on the internet. And that's why I was saying, no, it goes right in the middle. That B goes right in the middle because that's where I put it. And you see, I've got that new magic amulet on. I got my frying pan. And I got my, I got a patch 
in my worn out jeans and I got like little troll foot footprint feet and then here's the new priest slayer and that is look so cool. it's red and it's got shiny and you can't really see on the camera but there's there's a lot of shiny I got some gel pens I watched I looked at Samwise Didier's Twitter and he's always using gel pens and sharpies to draw also I purchased a book and it's got like all this stuff on how to draw and it even comes in the back with like drawing paper right cool so yeah that's uh that's the situation and when this episode airs I will um try to get some I mean I even put some gold on the buttons that you probably can't see and yeah there's a sparkle in his eye and you can see the hat is um just a little bit too small for him but there's still that little skull cap right there I'm gonna feel so guilty when I kill this character <laughs> it's gonna be terrible man you're gonna make me not sleep oh oh and best of all best of all he's got little buddy oh, oh it is the in there globe. the drift globe is uh on a sh- um, flying next to his shoulder that's great I love it I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Butch about uh, new priest slayer. Like, oh, you feeling feeling a little bit more in tuned with it now? <laughs> uh, we we get along just fine now. Yeah. You feeling feeling a little? Do you feel what I'm talking about? The little little bit more constitution. Well, maybe so, but I definitely feel uh, if you try to t- anyone tries to take this from me, I'm gonna smack him good. I'm just gonna put my hands up. I'm like, I ain't touching it. It's all yours, buddy. It's all yours. And that's not even a curse anymore. So that it's been a productive. I mean, it was mostly you know that armor over there. He uh, he done me right. Tell you what, this uh, troll tusk ain't coming off. It might be a bit grisly. You think? Eh, it sets it sets the mood. Well, you hungry? We got fish for breakfast. Starving. Oh, yeah. That's all right by me. You guys start to tuck in. A couple of other people are starting to be awake and wandering around this time of day. You notice that mostly people like Booty Bay Bruisers and various like people who work within the town, very, very few just regular civilians walking around. There's a couple, small handful, but not very many. And in general, by this point in day, you would have really thought that this place would be a little busier. It's a little bit half empty. But the people who are coming in for food are coming in and they're asking for all the normal things that you would ask for for breakfast. Hey man, can I get a plate of eggs? Can I get some bacon? Can I get some whatever? And over and over again, he has to keep saying, nah man, we don't have any of that. None of of that stuff came in. All we got is this, uh, all we got is what we can catch off off the pier and what vegetables haven't gone bad yet. But he's able to, like, there's plenty of fish out there, so he's able to, like, get everybody fed, but there's, like, an air of, man, this is kind of messed up. I was kind of hoping for some eggs or something this morning. Sort of an atmosphere. As you guys are working your way through your breakfast, you hear the heavy sounds of footsteps and the clinkling of glass bottles as Trag, the Torin warrior, Mm-hmm. And uh, Drac, the uh, shaman, the orc shaman, come walking through the common area of the Salty Sailor Tavern and make their way toward the stairs. They kind of nod in your direction. They're carrying wooden crates, um, and the clinkling sound is coming from inside the boxes. And they look to be on their way up the stairs. Uh, they stop next to your table, and Trag comments that. I'm glad to see that you guys have slept off your uh, injuries from the day's adventure in the city. Um, Wellath told us uh, what you had discovered and what you had done. We were able to acquire some supplies that Gromgall is in need of, so we're packing all that up now. Um, Are you planning to make your way back up north, or are you staying in town? Ta- what 
considering what you did, we should probably be acting sooner than later, or what? what is your plan in general? I think we need to definitely finish what we started up in Solgarub. Butch Falkus, you can disagree with me, but I think we we're definitely waiting for you guys to kind of see what what our game plan is, and maybe we need to go back up north to make that, but... Yeah, I I, I think um, I need to get back to the lumber mill camp. We need we need firebloom oil. That's, and I'm sure those goblins up there have some other kind of firepower and other things that we could potentially put to use, because I mean, their survival and their safety is, is of the utmost concern as well too, and, and I'm sure they'd be more than willing to help to ensure their operations are secure for the future if we, you know, deal with deal with Zulgarab. Well, that's close enough. That's in between the two places. Yeah. yeah. We don't... That's easy enough to get to. Quick question, reminder. Where did I leave the shredder? Did I drive it back to Gromgol? No, I don't think you did. I think you were we worried about it. the noise and it running it. out of yeah. gas. I think it's near the Ogre Mound. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go to the Ogre Mound and go pick it up. Or pick it up on the way to ZG. I'll figure that one out. Um, but uh, yeah, I think making making a trip to the Goblin Camp is will be very beneficial in many ways. If they can be brought in as allies in this fight, and if they have the kinds of supplies that you describe... I think that this would be a great boon to our efforts. Do do you gentlemen happen to know why it seems that everything is so sparse here in both people and supplies? The When we passed on the road and you were on your way north to the arena and we were escorting the dwarves south, our plan was after we had seen what they were doing in the arena was to try to convince as many civilians as we could to leave the town. And we were moderately successful at that. Supply shortage? Uh, We've got uh, several cases of uh, acids and, and flasks of fire and there are more than enough new weapons and uh, ammunition and things of that nature down at the Port Authority. What supplies are we short on? Mm. Well, I think they're talking about meat. Mm. Food, it sounds like, from the patrons coming in asking for things like eggs and sausages and stuff and the, the cook doesn't seem to have that. That I couldn't speak on. Mm. The fleet master may know why shipments are being delayed, interrupted, not sent. Uh, it's possible. Okay. When uh, when are you guys uh, heading back up to Gromgol? Well, these are the last of what we had ordered from the Alchemist's store. And um, we were considering stopping at the Port Authority for any extra bows, swords, shields, ammunition, anything else of that nature that we might be able to requisition with what gold is left from what we were given by the Horde outpost at Gromgall for supply purchases. And then we were going to gather ourselves up and leave. Oh, what time do you suppose it is? Uh, we probably should, um, if you don't mind, hitch and arrive with you back up to Gromgall. No, you can accompany us. That would be no trouble at all. Um, we should be ready to leave within the half hour. Okay. Let's do this. I'm going to take that opportunity to go restock a few things. Those are the fireworks. I think I still have a gunpowder keg and ball bearings. Okay. I think I set the price for fireworks really, really low. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Because I went to the fireworks store in Booty Bay proper and um, found that they were ridiculously inexpensive. You could get, let's say... I, f- I forget exactly how I set the price. I think it was maybe 10 fireworks for a silver. Okay. I think it was. It was, some- uh, it was something to that effect. It was very, very inexpensive. Okay. 10 fireworks for a silver. How many silvers are in a gold? 10. So 100 fireworks for a gold? Yeah, I think that was... Or is it 1,000? No, it's 100. Do my math. All right. 
I'm assuming fireworks are not that heavy. If they're if they're that cheap, they're probably fairly like bottle rocket size. Yeah, they're like little, you know, Fourth of July in the middle of the street type of deal. Okay. They don't do they don't do very much. They you do a ranged attack roll, but you have to treat the firework as an improvised weapon. So you only get proficiency in your attack roll if you are proficient with improvised weapons. Which in this group I think is only Butch. They deal one D4 fire damage and have a chance to Oh, and have the chance to blind the creature for the next turn in like for a very, very short period of time. Not not even for a full round, like for one turn. Wow, per firework? That's actually interesting. Yeah, like if the turn order is Falcus, then Troll, then Butch, and Falcus shoots a firework at the troll, the troll is blinded for that turn, and then by the time it's, it's Butch's turn again, they're not blinded anymore. Like, it's one turn in in initiative order. Like, it, it, the blindness lasts a very, very short time. But they could be used for distractions and otherwise as well, too. Yeah, yeah, they would pop, they would make a noise, they would, if you shot them into something flammable, they would cause a combustion. Um, it is 1d4 fire damage, so it's not... But the chance to hit is relatively low because you're not proficient in improvised weapons. They're not great weapons, which is, I mean, they're not supposed to be. They're they're playthings. That's why you can get them so cheap. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I was thinking more for distractions or, yeah, for distractions and setting things on fire, potentially, rather than it shooting somebody in the face. Yeah, that's fine. Then I am going to purchase, let's say, 50 silvers worth. No. Uh, is it 10, 10 per one silver? Yeah. All right, That's a I got lot. seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go let's go five silvers worth and that'll be 50. Okay. Fireworks. Five remove Goblin fireworks are a custom item in uh, a homebrew item, so go ahead and add those and do a, a stack of 50. How do you how do you light them? Um as an action, you may light and fire. God. Yeah, it's an action to do it. Yeah, but what? How does Falcus make the fire? Um. Well, uh, a lot of the time, adventurers have things that create fire. Uh, I want to say that you guys probably all have things like tinder boxes and things of that nature. Little, I do. Little yeah. Spark boxes. Uh, looking at my inventory here, so the other things I need, I think I want to pick up a couple bombs, and I want to pick up. The caltrop or the uh, ball bearings. So the ball bearings are going to be easy. Um, that's just a regular thing, I think. Let me take a look and see what bombs count as as far as adventuring gear. Oh, geez, it's not on the adventuring gear list at all. Uh, yeah, it looks like ball bearings cost one gold, and my bombs. Oh, bombs are expensive. I have one, and I don't know why. I guess I purchased one at some point. Uh, you might have gotten one from the goblins. Yeah, maybe because it's it's 150 gold pieces. <laughs> All right, so I'm just gonna buy the ball bearings and I'm just gonna eat the single bomb that I have. Not eat it, but I mean keep it. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you got those from the goblins at the venture company. I'm pretty sure that would work for me, and which means I can probably get more from them for a reasonable price. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I am set with what I need from here. Everything else that I want to do is going to be at the uh, Goblin Lumber Camp. Okay, so that puts Falcus down at the old Port Authority where the engineering supplies guy is, and he's buying that last couple of things. Butch and Ari, where are you guys at right now? I'm just gathering up my stuff, all the food I had made up, and... Um doing basically the same thing Falcus is doing with his bombs and stuff, but I, but you know, I'm a cook. <laughs> That's my, uh, profession. Yeah. Is that what it's called? <laughs> okay. It's one of my professions. Uh, I'm, I'm a cook. So, um, I'm g- gathering up and I'm getting ready to pass it out to people that need it, but really, no, I'm just going to keep most of it on me. Okay. Uh, all right. I want to find the, do you say the fair master would know what's going on with shipments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fleet master. Um, fleet master. He's the big Tauren in the, in the pirate outfit who hangs out at the top of the, the bow of the ship that the top of the inn is. Okay. In fact, actually on this, on this booty bay picture that we have 
he's that guy. Like, he literally, Sweet. like, he's in the photo. He's right there. I'm <laughs> keeping an eye out for Wellrath. I don't like nothing, or Wellrath, nothing like particular, but if I see him, I have just one last word of warning for him. But if I don't see him, that's fine. I'll, I'll scold him when we get back. Anyway, okay. um, I'm going to go talk to the, the fleet master, and I want to find out, like, what's going on with the supplies. Why is there no eggs, meat, fruits? He takes a look at you and says, you were on that pirate crew that came back in a couple, like, a week ago, weren't you? And he kind of gives you that, like, sharp look of... I might be, depending on how this conversation's about to go. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Oh, God, what had happened? What did they do? Who do I need to yell at? Actually, they've done quite well. Oh, good. And okay. Oh, you're welcome. Since, <laughs> since you and your group brought that ship back into port, we have had substantially less issue with piracy in these waters. It, a couple years ago, the Bloodsail Buccaneers raised flags and we dealt with it. And then a few years went by and things seemed to be going okay. And then um, the new crew started up again. And you joining them and putting a stop to what they were doing, I'm hoping will be a signal to the rest of people who see things the way they see things that these waters are not safe for them. So what you did benefited us greatly. I appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. Anything we can do. But I guess that doesn't answer my question about the food if supplies no. are coming in so well. No, it doesn't. Um, everything has been fine. Except in the last few days, we've had a hard okay. time getting food shipments to come in. Any thoughts? Would this be Booty Bay or would this be something... It's hard to tell. What I do know is that most of our weapon shipments come in from Ratchet because okay. we have some, let's say, quiet agreements with some of the goblins who operate within the Horde in Ogremar, and we're okay. able to get supplies shipped relatively easily. Um, a decent amount of what we do also comes from the sea, and the local fishermen have had no trouble. The only place where we're having a hard time getting anything in from is where we usually get in our fresh meats, food, uh, fresh vegetables, fresh uh, fruit. Before a few years ago, we had to go through our back channels in... Westfall and our back channels in Kalimdor and our back channels in various different places. Uh, but ever since the mists parted around Pandaria, the easiest place, the it's it's there are it's the food there is just cheaper and more accessible and more plentiful. Hmm. So that's where we've been outsourcing all of our uh, fresh food from. Do you feel in your experience it is a interruption in the supply chain that it's making its way to you but not getting it to you or that there is something going on in Pandaria? Uh, the latter seems more likely. Okay. The We stopped receiving shipments four or five days ago, something along those lines. And um, we've sent a couple of ships out that way to see if we can reestablish trade and we haven't seen them back yet. Well, I am not going to guarantee anything, but... We have kind of some stuff on our plate right now. I do know, and I'm sure you remember, one of our companions is a native that if yes, something is going on in his homeland, this might pique interest for him, especially since Billy is also from there. We might have an opportunity to Billy make our pirate. way down there. <laughs> Billy the pirate. <laughs> make our way down and see, but... If, if we come back this way, I'll, I'll check in again if we haven't come down there to see if it's still happening and, and maybe we'll we'll add that to our list of possible places we will visit next. Well, I don't know much about you and your group, but I can tell that you are experienced in these types of things. Um, accomplished sailors, as far as I can tell. So, your help would be appreciated. Perfect. Well, thank you for the information and, you know, thank Thank goodness you guys at least have fish. It may not be much, but it's more than than some. Yeah, it's. I mean, we have the whole ocean. It's really very true. The, the the scariest thing is the lack of fresh fruit. 
truthfully. That I can't even imagine. But thank you for scurvy the information. Causes trouble. I don't know any cures for scurvy. We'll get <laughs> Limes. Limes. Yeah, fresh fruit. Fresh fruit. That's how you fix it. <laughs> you <Yeah>. eat fruit. <laughs> I was trying to think if there was something else besides fruit. Like a vitamin no. C. Well, we I will definitely relay this information to to my companions and uh well, wish us luck as we go take on Jindo. Yeah, having that as something that we wouldn't have to deal with in the future would be very nice. Thank you for that. And then I'm going to make my way down to the the place we're meeting, the docks. Okay, I'm going to say one thing. It would take a long time of having no vitamin C in your diet before like scurvy yeah. is setting in to Yeah, the but it's like a thing that pirates day. would be worried about. Yeah, but no, like long stretches at sea. Yeah, but like a week with this no. been days no, without yeah, fruit is <laughs> not but like no one's if, getting scurvy. <laughs> yeah, but like if they if they couldn't reestablish a supply line, they'd have to like figure something else out. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I will make my way back down to where I'm sure Butch and Falcus are at or getting close to. Well, uh, you pass Trag and Drock on their way up to the flight point where they're carrying like supplies up to get saddlebagged onto the Griffins and the, the, the Waverns. And down in the common area, walking in, you see Wellath on his way in. Perfect. So am I behind him? Like, does he see me or is, are we face to face or is it like a. You would be coming down from the upper level. He would be coming okay. in from dock level. Okay. So I'm going to come up to him and I'm going to do that link arms thing and be <laughs> like, well, if it isn't my buddy, Wellath. He stiffens because he's not used to this kind of thing. And he's. Good, good morning. Good morning. After our chat last night, I just wanted one more itsy bitsy teeny tiny second of your time. Of, of course. Uh, what can I help you with? Well, with everything we're going to be adventuring for the next at least few hours, if not day or two, I just want to make extra certain sure that anything that you and Falcus have between you is going to be put to the side for now. I have a way of being able to I don't want to say control, but persuade him if needed, and I would hate to have to use that on you. But trust me, if I need to, I will. Roll an intimidation check. Wow! With my plus 11? Hell yeah. (laughs) I have no idea what she's talking about. I got a 22. Okay. (laughs) He, uh, he's still very stiff-spined. As you have him by the arm, and he looks he looks down at you. It's interesting because he's got like a foot <laughs> and change on you, but you're looking down on him right now. Okay. And he kind of takes a breath and he says, "Honestly, I consider you and I to be very similar people. Um, we've both had to deal with a lot of the same problems. Actually, uh, we both come from a people who have lost their homes." In your case, your people's case, twice now. I'm sorry. It, yes. We both carry an unusual uh, supernatural burden. We both have to put up with Falcus, but um, those similarities, I get it. If you put that much faith in him, I'll take a step back. I appreciate that. And I think he might surprise you at how far he has come. Some burdens we bury deeper, but still carry them. I would ask that you don't tell him this. He actually already has. I didn't expect him to come back alive from going out into the jungle yesterday. Or when when did he last see you guys? Two or three days ago? Two, day, it was yeah, a two day days ago. You slept at Zulkunda and then you slept at just outside the, the the venture company lumber mill and then you slept in the thing so it's, it's been like three days since he's seen you guys I didn't expect him to come back from that I uh, will definitely keep this to myself because anything that I can have on focus is just I appreciate that perfect but I just wanted to clear up and make sure we were all on the same page because with what we've seen 
with what we know about your party member, unfortunately being persuaded, we need to be on a united front. Yes, of course. Yes. And then maybe, and I'm going to unlink arm and I'm going to look at him and be like, one day we can explore our burdens together. And I'm going to do that thing where girls like go up on their toe and kiss him on the cheek and walk Uh away. Not going to give him a chance to react, but so. What was that? That's gross. Anybody in the area would see that he's just sort of standing there for a hot minute. Turns and goes up the steps. Perfect. I'm on my way to find Falcus and Butch. You realize that's a demon hunter you just kissed. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to flirt with Will while I have him. So, yeah. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. My mission was accomplished. Talking about exploring your burdens together. <laughs> we'll have just some very intellectual conversations by the fire. With grapes and wine. By the fire of his eyeballs. <laughs> that are on fire. All right. I gotta, I gotta do my thing. I gotta make sure there's no beef. I don't want him, like, turning on Falcus and being like, this is for whatever. And, like, we got enough against us. Wow. Can you imagine if we were, like, in the in the battle or something? And he he's like, and you, Falcus. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was scared of. He was going to like air his grievances as this forearm monster was coming at us. And I just make sure we're good. Okay. I'm with the group now, wherever they are. Okay. So where is the group at this point? Because Falcus was over at the engineering store on his way back. Butch is at the inn prepping. I assume you're finished by now. Yeah. Uh, everything's in the, the bag packed up. Y'all guys going out to get him. Falcus, are you on your way back to meet them? What, what's, what's all going on? Well, let's go to where the, uh, where the Griffins are. Yeah, are we are they all taking Griffins back to Gromgall? Yeah, that's their plan. Okay, then yeah, I'd be heading back there and and waiting for everybody uh, to gather um, pretty quickly. All right, Butch and Ari make their way up to the top. Um, you glance out over the docks and you can see Falcus making his way back across. Excuse me, back across the docks area, walking up the little ramp on his way like past the shark that's always hanging from the mast there. So I have Butch by myself for a second. Then it sounds like mm-hmm. okay. So I'm gonna. While I have Butch, while Butch and I meet, I do want to relay, hey, um, so I'm sure you noticed some of the supply chain issues with the food. Uh, I did, but we made uh, we made good. I've I still been able to uh, do what I need to do with it, so I'm fine. Everything's fine. They got some food. I just, just for your information, and this is because I know you and I know where you're from, it sounds like most of their food comes from Pandaria and stops suddenly. Wait a minute. Well, how old? They is don't know. Th- well, they 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 weren't getting it from Pandaria for very long. It ain't been ten years, maybe ten they years, s- twelve years. Yeah, but so in the, in the past decade, they they've come to depend on Pandarian. It's produce? cheap. I mean, cheaper. It's cheaper. But you would know that nobody grows food like the Valley of the Four Winds. Nobody yeah, sure. grows nobody grows food like that. I mean, you know, the biggest turnips in all of Azeroth, you know. Yeah, I, for I, real. I get it. Like no joke. The idea that a substantial amount of especially this hemisphere's uh food supply, because they're so close to the uh, I almost said island, but really continent, because they're so close to Pandaria, it makes sense that a lot of people in the area would rely on shipping from the Valley of the Four Winds now that that's open and you know that it is open and commerce ready the pandarans who live on pandaria tend not to go very much off the continent because they never yeah. have and that's not part of their culture to do so yeah but that's the majority not that's it's not everybody but they're a friendly folk and they're open to trade and commerce so yeah they've been selling food and supplies and all kinds of stuff for ever since the mist parted basically okay so well, it makes sense all right well have any uh the, the just the boat stopped coming is it pirates or pirates stopping them or something they they don't know for sure um the fleet master said they've sent out some boats to go investigate and they haven't heard anything yet um he feels it's not an issue with pirates but maybe yeah. something at pandaria and i even though my home is a little chaotic and i have a checkered 
relationship with them, I would uh, want to know. So, I mean, it's something we could do nothing about. It's something maybe after we wrap this up, but I figured you deserve to know. Alrighty, well, uh, any news from Billy? That I don't know. They said that he's been he's been great though. They've gotten tons of supplies as far as weapons and stuff. They're no problem with those vendors, weapons and armor and things. Um, they're very grateful we were able to to commandeer and get Billy on their side. But I don't know if Billy deals with the food chain. All right. Well, yeah. There's definitely weapons here. Okay. Well, thanks for. Okay. All right. Well, one tragedy at a time. True. We can't solve everything. Ping, ping. But ping, ping. Oh. Ping, ping. Ping, ping. Loud bells and a siren noise. You can hear echoing across the enclosed rocky space that holds Booty Bay in its little safety net. Coming from the sound, like coming from the direction of the entrance to town, like the foot entrance, the little tunnel area there. Falcus, you can hear it coming from that direction. You're down on the dock. You're just about to walk into the the inn on your way up to the flight point when you hear it. Uh, the other two, you're up on the thing. You can see out over the docks in response to this noise. A whole bunch of the, the goblin guards in their sort of dark black leather armor that has no sleeves on it for some reason. They all go, a bunch of them, like a, maybe hot. a dozen. Yeah, it's hot. They all go running up the ramp toward the entranceway. The entranceway to what? The, the entranceway to Booty Bay. Like when you on foot are all walking from the north to get into Booty Bay, you're on a road. Oh, okay. And then it goes into south. a big tunnel where there's like a big shark's jaw that you have to walk through. Yeah. And then you walk through a rock tunnel and you emerge like on the upper deck and you have to walk down the ramp to gotcha. get to. Falcus is going to go to the highest place over here at the end whether it be like getting onto the roof or anything like that, any place to get a high enough vantage point to see across the bay um, at the entrance, spyglass in hand and bow at the ready. Okay. You start uh, making your way up. You have to go into the inn. You have to go up the stairs across the little bridge that goes over the, uh, the eating area, which I'm sure is perfectly up to code. And then <laughs> up again into the, the sleeping quarters and then up again onto the little bow of a ship thing that pokes out from the front of the inn where the Seamaster is, where the no, the Fleetmaster is. You're able to leap over uh, toward where there's like this large mast that holds up the shark that's always hanging in Booty Bay and get a pretty, uh, pretty clear view over the, the area. While you're making that movement, Butch and Ari, what are you doing? We'll leave it to Falcus to get all dramatic and jump up, up on a mast. Well, tell us where we're standing. Are we here by the... Yeah, okay. So th- this, where Ari's token is right now is where the griffins take off from. I'll put okay. Butch's token over here. There is a easy-to-walk pathway from there to there, uh, from those two places. That's where the, the fleet master stands. And then when you go in through the door there, that's how you get into the sleeping quarters in the end. I would probably go up here to where the fleet master is. Uh, yeah. Is the fleet master there? Yeah, he's there and he's looking out over the, like toward the entrance, just like Falcus is. Falcus, roll me a perception check. Straight roll. You're using your spyglass to gain advantage. Um, you have disadvantage because of your thing. Uh, my eye is a little bit blurry. Uh, natural one for a seven. All right, natural one. You whip out your spyglass. You hold it up to one eye. I, shoot, poke yourself in the eye a little bit. <laughs> I like to rub my eye and try again. I say I'd be looking that direction too. <laughs> you check the other eye. Uh, you don't. You see the. You see a group of goblins running up toward the entranceway into the thing. They go into the tunnel. They vanish from view from the tunnel. The sound of the bells stops. Stops for half a minute. Ping, 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 and then it starts again. All right, during that half a minute, I, I turned to the fleet master and said, that, that sound, is something good happening or something bad? No, the warning bells are usually for something bad happening. That's a warning bell. All right. 
He leans well. down and says, what are you waiting for? Get moving and at a whole bunch of the. So the goblins who went running, went running from this side of the uh, the docks, which makes sense because that's the closest side of the docks to the entrance. The west side. He yeah. reaches, he le- leans down and shouts down at the people at the docks who are kind of closer to the inn and they all start running. As they all start running, a couple of them get up to the entranceway. A few more come running in from uh, the upper docks and are able to scoot across because there's like all these shops and stuff up here near this waterfall. There's a connecting area that goes over there. There's a whole bunch more that go in. And then you hear this noise like a and this shock wave of energy seems to emanate from the tunnel entrance where all the goblins who are running in there get hit by this shockwave, and as it rolls past them, they all just drop, unmoving to the <gasps> ground. Armor acquired, fireworks procured, and demon hunters, I'm going to say intimidated... Our heroes prep to return to Grom Gaul as a strange force seems to be attacking Booty Bay. Butch, Ari, and Falcus are prepped to meet this threat, but will this tire them out too much to deal with Zulgarub? And what's going on in Pandaria? We'll have to wait until next week to find out what happens the next time we queue up for some more heroic dungeons and dragons. Please follow us at twitter.com slash heroicdnd, where you'll find our players' social media info and a link to our Discord server.